When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Greetings all and welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons. We're going to do some D&D today. Thank you all for joining us. For our Delvers campaign, we are still in the thick of it and are glad to have you here and would like to leave you a brief reminder at the top of the show to go buy some tea at phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD because those teas are named after things we do on this show. Uh, it's awesome. It's all good stuff and uh, we recommend it. phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. And now without further ado, we pass the baton over to Kyle who will pick us up from where we were last time on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, we marched down the streets of Atomer and exposed the leader of the guild, the Numalari, Zoldar the Wizened, as a corrupt man and banished him from town. We were gathered the old guildmaster Cassius, who set us on our final campaign to save the town from the grips of the Kalazar, deep, deep below ground in the Underdark, his underkingdom. We went about our various ways. We all rested up, went shopping with our funds gifted to us by the guild, and prepared to open the door to the Dawnless Dunes. That's where we find ourselves now, down below, deep, deep underground, down the umbral flight. Cassius has set forth a plan, a plan that involves Dharma Edstream, the wizard of evocation, the halfling, who you've only spoken to briefly, who said big fireballs was her primary skill. Cassius informed you that she was going to be used for the rescue of the 30-some individuals who lay underground. These individuals will be ferried out via teleportation circle cast by Dharma Edstream. As to the particulars of how that's going to go down and what's going to await you behind the doors to the Dawnless Dunes, Nobody knows. As you met at the guild this morning, you can ask any questions. Otherwise, we proceed underground. I think, I think Splendor Belt's ready. Yeah, no questions here. From... Clearstone, you are given the list of some 37 individuals who are missing below ground. The majority of them are high elf, wood elf, or half elf. Many of them, the wait staff, the cooks, and other craftsmen who disappeared during the bronze ball. But among their names are Buck Wildfire, 
You know him as Wildfire, the Silver Psy Warrior. Also, Alexander Vanderbuck Withers, as well as two guildmates, Yolora and Phelan. There was also the disappearance of one Princess Hisia. All these names are gifted to you as you begin your way below ground. The full guild marches forth. The Wood Leagues, the Bronze Leagues, set up a perimeter about the walls. They begin clearing out the various monsters inside the financial district as you make your way down to the Gruber Lift and Lift. They stay behind. Viper Gang does not accompany you. One of the other four bronze parties, now Silver Rank. They are led by Belsunish, who is a half-elf and would be a danger in such an environment. But the big the brigand patrol attends. Dominic Rees and Hiroshi looking for their previous wood elf companion, Yolora, the first son's brotherhood, with Edgar, Boonfellow, and Norman Green head below ground looking for Phelan, their sorcerer you once fought a gelatinous cube alongside. The five emissaries. This is Dharma Edgestream, your evocation wizard who's going to provide the teleportation circle. Vivian Plume, the warlock, who is inaccompanied by her imp, Digodang, and Omen Wright, a beastmaster ranger human who has Mr. Chips, the boar. We find ourselves descending down, down, down. Now, Grinkeeper, you did not have to desummon, and there's no duration on your celestial steed, so you could ride it for this whole duration. Uh... No, she'd walk with everybody, but she would put her, um, her, uh, thing that she got, the saddle. She would put the saddle on the elk. A special saddle that without your, unless you agree to it, you cannot fall off. Seems a rather good idea for Grinkeeper. Anyone else looking a little different in any way today? Sporting new items that would be visually changing your silhouette or your look? Well, I don't have the Viper on me anymore, or the Viper staff, so that won't be a thing you'll see sticking out of my back. Or harnessed to my back, I should say. What about the potato sensor? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, visually, what does that look like? Hmm. That is the devotee's sensor. It's basically a flail, so a rod with a chain down to a ball. But this particular ball is kind of lopsided and oval-shaped, okay. but it's filled with sun-shaped holes where a faint and golden smoke issues forth. Nice. So like a nice flaily potato. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Other than that, though, uh, one would not see much different about me if they looked at me. Uh, Ko is going to look a little different. Um, typically, he doesn't wield weapons because they manifest in his hand, although he is known to have daggers hidden on his person for when the need arises. But uh, now he has a rapier hanging from his side, as well as a rather large uh, snake-style dagger hanging from his other hip as he moves. Um, also, he has made a modification. I'm springing this on Kyle. Sorry, Kyle. Uh, he has made a modification to the little tracking uh, thing in his gauntlet. Um, rather than having to cover it completely and uncover it when he wants to use it, he's actually 
created a little leather cover for it with notches cut in it to where he can keep it covered and just a faint little bit of light will show through like a slit in the direction that it might aim, if that makes sense. So almost like a clock face on the leather so that he can, in theory, keep the light at a minimum if he's trying to sneak around, but still be able to notice it should it light up unexpectedly. So in a particularly particularly strong moment, it might shed the thinnest of red lines on the wall, but otherwise, very cool, very cool. Yeah. Like a compass rose, but of light, and of evil light. (laughs) Accompanying us today as we head underground is a rather sizable force of some ten undead minotaurs. They stand with nothing but their bones on them, wielding weapons of stone and rusted metal. One in particular stands closest to Splendor Belt, and he has with him a mace of disruption upon him. It looks a little small in his hands, maybe like a mace, a a dagger-sized mace, but it is wielding magical powers and was gifted to one Chadbrad this morning. There's also a snake man, adorned in golden armor, his melted-down funds creating a breastplate atop his rather he-man-like loincloth. On top of his head, he's placed another golden plate that crafts and molds to his snake head. He has with him scimitars, but he also wields a staff of the python gifted by one splendor belt on his back. The lift gives a little lurch as it starts going, wielding so many people downwards, but it takes you down, and you follow the dungeon's curvatures to the umbral flight and head downward. The celestial steed, as it is a being from another world, does not struggle on the tiny steps, though many of the minotaurs grasp the walls, and they do so in their massive large form. They basically reach each wall either side and kind of brace themselves as they head down, their hooves slipping about. The Biggin Patrol, the five emissaries, and the first sons are all there as you make the landing down towards the Dawnless Dunes door. The altar still stands with its three holes in it, its three indentations, hungry for those jars you've collected. Upon the walls still are those long lines of tombs that open. The same number is still open as you get inside. None appear to have opened in your absence. Scott, if you could, please play the file, Outpost. Co, Grinkeeper, and Splendorbelt take the lead. Grinkeeper, you have all the urns inside your bag of holding. Co what do you do? Them. Oh, Co now has them. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. This so always Co. happens. Every campaign, John's character ends up with everything. I love it. <laughs> He's going to keep a track of this stuff. Yeah. Co will uh, walk forward and uh, take out the jars and you know, kind of juggling them. Offer one to each of his companions. Should we each place one? Yeah. Yes, and I'll reach my hand out. And 
to approach the altar. Is there any indication on the altar? I don't remember as to which jar goes where, just that it fits each jar. You do note a small amount of sand that was unmoved in your previous visit that is pooled at the bottom of each of these little indentations. Uh, Do we just put them in anywhere? Uh, I mean, I guess. I don't know. And Grinkeeper will put hers down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Taking her lead unless something crazy happens, I'll do the same. Yeah, Ko will do so as well. As you place the three urns down into the holes, they shift slightly downward and give a small spin. Each of you not being careful to face them a certain direction, all the heads turn towards the door on the urns. The bat, the grick, the hookor all face the door. And to your right, one of the tombs right by the door begins to open. And out slides one of those gaunt, thin, mummified beings. But this one doesn't so much fall into the room as its hands emerge and hear the cracking of the old leather skin upon it and it pulls itself out. It has a huge mat of hair that descends back, all the way back down past its butt. It has the thinnest of linen clothes left upon it, but you can make out a female form underneath. And it says, The urns have been collected. Who dares enter? Grinkeeper will look back at Ko and Splinterbelt. Uh, we do. Who is thee? The darkest delvers. Creatures of the dark then, hungering for a master. No, we're adventurers. Then I bow before you. And she does. Down on all four, she descends and bows in that great mat of hair. You can see spiders weaving throughout it. She sits up, still staying on her knees. You have come to free us all, then. I am Shalin Nim, the architect of the Dobluth. What? What's the Dobluth? The outcasts who abandoned their king. Cool. Yeah, I mean, if you mean kill the Kalazar, yeah. That's what we're gonna do. Think you worthy of such a task? Apparently fate thinks we're pretty worthy. (laughs) Fate is on your side, then. Uh, yeah. Then beyond these doors, I wish you the best. For the Kalazar Emperor Orgoth Argir. 
thousands of years ago did betray the Seldarin. Every god, every previous emperor was made lesser than him. So the people, the Dobluth, abandoned him. Locked him away behind this door. But he awakens and he hungers. Are you great enough to defeat him once and for all? Or will you run, delay it for another generation like cowards? Uh, we didn't plan on delaying it. Did some come before this time and do an, uh, a generation ago and do the same and leave? A thousand years, the last of the Dorbluth did enter and dismantle his machines. But he reborns. He awakens again. If... And she brings her finger up and points at each of you in a line. You realize in this moment, behind you, particularly as Splendorbell kind of looks behind him to see if she's pointing at anybody else, realize she's pointing at him, that everyone in the room has no idea what's going on here. The five emissaries, the brigand patrol, the first sons have all drawn their weapons. And you realize in a moment that once again, these words are in your mind. That you're conversing with a being that is speaking another language. But to you, it is clear. You shall defeat him then for all time. Take the urns, rebuild him, reconstitute him with the blood of the Dobluth, and defeat him in his truest form. Uh, blood? What? A single drop will do of the ancestral line. Who's, how do we know somebody's got ancestral line? I sense it. You've already gathered such a thing. We have? Yes. You possess it oh. on your wrist. Oh. Yeah, this thing. Um. Well, okay, but I have one question. Um, if you say we have to defeat him in his truest form, but is there any? knowledge you can give us to help with this. Obviously he's not been able to be defeated before if he was just sealed away. Was What caused him to be so formidable a foe? He has his designs. He banished all. Had no need of them. He's a god among this realm. An architect in his own right had no need of me. If you possess the strength to defeat him, that is all you need. Otherwise, you might run 
as those before you have. Abandon your quest and let it lay for those a thousand years from now. No, we can't do that. You take us for Fair. cowards. We are not cowards. Very well. The door's open for you alone, then. I see you have a contingent about you. They may enter as well. You will need all you can get. Uh, Code, do you want the jars? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the jars. She waves her hand across towards the doors, and the jars give a little up out of the holes they've sunk into. And the doors begin to open. As she swings her hand towards the door, the fingers fall off, the hand falls off, the arm falls off, and she collapses into dust. Oh, this Sand is a cascade. Start. <laughs> <laughs> Black sand cascades down the three steps that lead upwards, and you see beyond a vast desert lit by the light of Grinkeeper's blade at the moment. Scott. Yeah. Please play the weirder file. As you take your first steps into the dunes, the sand sinks your feet in. All about you. And allow me now to reveal some map. You see ruins. A great hill. A great dune out ahead of you. A massive mountain of sand. Bars your sight any further. But as far as you went down those steps, that room now extends in front of you. The ceiling can't even be seen, though bits of sand and dust do descend occasionally and catch the light. The party begins moving in, past the dusted form of the architect. You see all around you the series of small walls indicating a destroyed civilization. Some of them look like courtyards, some of them look like houses. Many look like they had purposes intertwining amongst each other. Sticking out of the great dune ahead of you is a collapsed obelisk of black stone. And you see a bluish light emanating at the very top of that massive dune ahead of you. To the left and right, it seems to go on forever. But perhaps the oddest thing about this place, there's not an ounce of wind. Our music is for theme. There is no sound in this place. It's just dead quiet. You can hear your own heart beating. The Minotaurs make their way into the sands. The Brigand Patrol, the Five Emissaries, the First Sons follow. Everyone is deathly quiet. Uh, Grinkeeper will send the elk to walk ahead of everybody, so if anything triggers, that's what it'll probably attack first. 
Man, sacrificial elk. But it is a brave elk of the celestial line of the greatest kings of elk. And so it does so without question. And if you think it's a brave, you think it's a brave face on an elk. You've never, you've never really been, been sure about elk emotions, but it looks very brave as it walks forward, head held high, antlers gleaming. Uh, as we enter, Ko is going to activate the psychic network, and he is going to activate it. I can do up to four creatures. So we're going to do, um, obviously, Splendor Belt and Greenkeeper. And then for, just in case we need to communicate with other groups, uh, we'll also connect it to Boonfellow to represent the adventurers. And we'll connect to Chad Brad to represent the Minotaurs. Let's see how. Can you do more with levels now? Wasn't the previous limit four? Uh, it's still only four, but I think what I roll... Oh, jeez, only one hour, but yeah. For the next hour, we're psychically connected. It's a fair amount of time. Should be good. It is. But it could the have ability, been up to ten. <laughs> right, but the ability can always be reactivated. It just costs psychic dice from that point on. Correct. So eat into his special abilities. You are now on the map. Please move yourself about where you'd be standing. I added the elk. Uh, Grinkeeper, have you named your elk? I haven't asked his name yet, no. Ah. Could you speak elk if you did? (laughs) We can communicate telepathically, I think. Elk Capitan. Does that mean that you can tie the elk's comments (laughs) into the into Ko's wireless network so now the elk is oh, part of it oh that's a that's a fun idea let me read real quick and all we would hear is or whatever noise it's more of a cow I guess uh, while the steed is within one mile of you you can communicate with each other telepathically great technically part of the psychic network now I love it that's true. That's true. A little, there's a little bit of connection fuzz because you're holding a phone up to a phone, but it works. <laughs> uh, once inside, Ko would uh, slip outside of the light of uh, Grinkeeper's sword and begin stealthing uh, in the shadows. Uh, you know, skulking. And I will go ahead and roll a stealth. Just His just name so is just... Albert. Albert. Wise Albert. Albert. Albert the Wise. The 30 for my stealth roll. A very good note. I will make that note. Ko, in natural fashion, disappears into the shadows. Uh, you also note, Ko, as you begin entering the sands, that you never sink into them. That your ring of free action allows you to walk atop the sands. Which also means you leave nary a footprint as you go. The Brigand Patrol, the First Sons, the Five Emissaries all enter. And as they do, the door behind closes. Chad Brad 
bends his now 13 foot high head down to you, Splendorbelt. What? What is this place? I am not entirely sure what this place is. Stay close, and uh, together we will find out what mysteries are here. I am Corgan Greathorns. I lead the Minotaurs. Fine. Chad, Brad, and I are old friends, so we may chat here and there, but you can still lead. It's fine. Ah, yes, says Noparopa as he raises his fist and looks for the sun but finds none. I, too, search for my own means here. Where lies the princess? Uh, we are not sure of this either. We have to, uh, we just got here. We have to look around and find it. Ah, fie, fie to you, Splendorbelt, who leads us to a place where he knows not where he is. I, I point to someone who does. This is new for, for all of us. You there, one in armor with the blade of a moon. Where are we? Keeper has no idea who he's talking to. (laughs) (laughs) He looks back. Noboroba turns around and sees all the adventurers as they sort of walk backwards. The two, four, seven other adventurers you brought with you all kind of huddle together. Noboroba leans close to your ear, Spunderbelt. They fear... Each one of them is gripped in it. Have you the heart to lead them? Uh, it's, it's group effort, I'll say. None of us are, are, are. There is no one leader in this in this uh, in the Delvers. It is equal equal work for all. You may not be used to this. This is, ah. how we, this is how we do it. Ah, and what of your companion? The one with the hooves. He is gone. No. He's abandoned you. He is here. He is just uh, what we call being very stealthy at the moment. This is how he stays hidden from enemies. But he can still... He sees us. We just can't see him. He cowers in a corner, likely. Does Co hear any of this? Like the way the psychic network works, does do things I hear someone say? Does that do you? Uh, you know? could relay it to me if you wanted me to know, but I'm probably too far away to hear it. I would say, I would relay it just so you know that he's that you're getting there's smack being talked about you. It's petty, but Co is going to. Sneak around uh, the long way behind Noparopa. And he does not notice you. Come up behind him. <laughs> and just go. Boo! <laughs> Listen. We are in a dangerous place. We are facing an enemy that. Even all the people we've assembled might not be enough. I am not abandoning anyone. 
but you are all standing and milling about like cows grazing in a field just waiting to be slaughtered. How about enacting a little strategy rather than criticizing those who are here to protect you? And then Ko will disappear back into the shadows. Were you visible for that or were you just talking to him from the shadows? I would have been visible. I would have been if the hay, if he turned around, I would have been standing directly behind him. His snake eyes twitch and that extra little layer of blink kind of comes up from underneath. Now this man, where'd he go? <laughs> that man knows how to lead. Then forward. Forward we march following the beast. What was the elk's name, Mr. Handsome? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, if you want it to be, it's a very handsome elk. I, I don't know if anybody said that, but it's a fantastic I, name. I think, we've, I think we've been living on the Splinterbell farm too long. Um, what was his name? <laughs> Albert. Albert, okay, Albert. He could be Albert the Handsome. I like though. Mr. Handsome a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the celestial elk with its antlers aglow basking the area in a dim light walks forward the minotaurs follow the brigand patrol the five emissaries the first sons start walking as uh, Dharma Edstream the halfling with her large and dragging robes and her large blue wizard hat begins to pass you, Grinkeeper. She gives you a little tug on your blue dress underneath your plate armor. Uh, yes, Grinkeeper will look over and see that there's no one at her eye level, so she'll look down. Hey, uh, I can't do the ritual unless we get some bare ground. Uh, I don't know if bears live down here. I, I gotta use this. And she pulls out two pieces of chalk. And you can see that the chalk is encrusted with gems and magical fineries. I use this for the teleportation circle. I, I need I need uh, flat ground to draw on if we're gonna get out of here. Oh, uh, uh, well, we don't know where the people are yet. So maybe there'll be flat ground there. All right. And she walks past you. You all advance to the edge of the massive dune that lays piled in your way. And you can see that blue light glowing ever so faintly at the top of it. The sand is, of course, deep. It has no stone underneath it to reinforce you. So each step is a slog as it slides and leaves you down a foot for every two feet you take. Ko, you're off somewhere completely invisible. However, you have no trouble walking up this like a normal ramp with the powers of your ring. The elk also walks proudly atop the sands using its celestial handsome natures. I will reveal more of the map as we climb. Everyone make athletics checks. Except for Ko, who's walking atop the sand. 
with no problems at all. 15. A 18. You do so with little issue. Mr. Chips the boar gets a little stuck and is carried, much like a kill would be, by the hooves over the shoulder up the hill. But everyone otherwise, and everyone being of at least silver rank here in the room, climbs without complaint or issue. And uh, you find yourself at the top of the sands. I have a question. This yes. uh, right here, is this the blue light at like the top? No, that would be a fallen obelisk, a oh, black okay. stone. Okay. That currently, as I can't do points in this map, points towards you, but has collapsed and is kind of at a uh, 45 degree angle up out of the sand. Uh, the blue come. light actually emanates from a large crystal that is cracked and frayed at the very top of the dune here. You can see it kind of marked as this blue outline. It emanates a pulsing blue light and all about the dune up top here, you can see shatters and bits of it extended outwards all over the edge and down the other side of the hill like stars, these little blue crystals pulse and light in the center of the, of the darkness. So they're they're down low though, right? This isn't like a ceiling to floor whatever the ceiling means in this context, but like, it's not like a giant obelisk type crystal. These are little, uh, you know, smaller, like a field of crystals. Exactly. Like, like, uh, no, none bigger than an inch. Okay. All spread about, but there is this one central crystal at the top of the dune and still at the top of this mountain of sand, you can't see the ceiling with your light or your dark vision. Okay. And there's many sources of light here. We got the antlers going in front. Uh, Grinkeeper has her blade Ko's wearing his goggles. You have dark vision. The Minotaurs have dark vision. And the five emissaries are sporting light spells of their own. Uh, the First Sun's Brotherhood with Boonfellow as a torch. And all these sort of distant lights reflect off the crystals as they head down the other side of the dune. And roll a... Uh, everyone roll an Arcana check. Natural 20. Natural 20 as well. Natural nice. natural 5. I got, I got smart. A, yeah, I got a natural <laughs> 5. <laughs> Splinterbelt has other things on his mind. He's checking out the crystals that are all over the top of the dune here. I'm just moving our tokens up. Uh, be sure to reposition yourself where you might be in regards to where you would want to be around this crystal. Co-Grinkeeper... Looking at this crystal, you make several connections. First, you remember way back in the dreamscape when you were in Anathala's mind and you stared out over the balcony out of what you presumed to be the Kalazar's palace and saw a great city before you. There was a central crystal that hung and gave light to the entire city. But as you watched... People fled, and it fell and crashed into the ground. You also note that this appears to be the very same type of crystal that was inside of the golems you fought, both the one you found in the Bahir's cave 
and the double lightning one you fought in your more recent lung adventure. With your natural 20, you also remember back to that city and looking out that palace window that there was a great mechanical spider with flames that licked out of a furnace-like mouth. Splendor Belt, the uh, gems might be valuable. Yeah. But in what way will they be valuable? Selling. I mean, you have an arcane of four, so your understanding of them is not magical in the least. Merely, they might have monetary value. Yeah, but I don't know that he would be, you know, he wouldn't be super motivated to scoop him up and get all greedy about it. Very good. I think I would probably not do that. uh, Nash would do that. I don't think Spunderbell would do it. Very good. Spunderbelt's in the zone, then. I would be in awe of all this, though, for sure. Like, this stuff would be like, whoa. Which is, hence my horrible role. <laughs> I'm just too blown away by what I'm looking at. Um, Co would want to take a look and see if the gem is simply resting on the sand, or if it seems to be embedded as part of a structure. If that makes sense, like that's fair. We can roll with your inside, natural it, We've seen inside it inside like golems and things. So I guess I'm trying to discern: Does this look like it fell down into the dunes, or would it be powering something, maybe hidden in, within the sands? You remember back to the vision you had inside the Kalazar's dream, and that it crashed into the ground, but it was massive. Here it appears to be splintered and still resting in that impact location. This would be the very top of the iceberg, as it were. But you do note, looking at it and studying it a little deeper, that it appears along all these fractured lines and impact reverberations, there is a large chunk that looks like it was mined or removed with purpose and tools. Hmm. Nicole would send out to the psychic network, letting everybody know from what we've seen of the Kalazar before, I think this used to hang above the city. And it looks like it crashed here, but not only that, it looks like people might have mined from it and utilized the crystals for some purpose. And Ko would kneel down and see if he could get, like, a smaller shard or a smaller piece and see if he could pocket it just to, you know, maybe study later. You grab a a three-inch little jagged piece, still sharp a little bit on each end. So tuck that in the bag of holding, and then Ko would probably let anybody else who wants to look at it take a peek, and he would head back outside of the light of it. 
Zuko once again removes himself from the party into the darkness. Roll another stealth check as we've exposed ourselves several times. Another 30? Yeah, we'll go with another 30. Nice. Spot on. Everyone roll perception checks. Twenty-eight. Uh, that would be a big five. Another five. Four. <laughs> We're doing great. Ko, as you head off to the left here, away from the party, you note that the sand moves on its own in several long lines. Grab my, my laser here. In this area. As though tubes shift below the sands. Uh, again, through the psychic network, Co would say, Everyone get on alert. There's something under the sands moving. Position yourself on the map where you might be if you were on alert. Do you communicate? So we have the psychic network shared with Boonfellow, so he would be instructed to get the adventuring parties. Yeah. To react. So he, his, uh, the idea is he, he relays it to the adventurers. Uh, Chad Brad relays it to the Minotaurs. Blenderbelt and Greenkeeper, uh, I guess, tell Noparopa and Mr. Handsome. <laughs> it's, it's official. He's Mr. Handsome. Everyone sort of shifts around <laughs> each other using the light of this crystal to see outward. Not providing more than their magical means, but certainly allowing for light to be shown in all directions. Grinkeeper, do you command the elk to do anything in particular? No, keep moving forward a bit more cautiously, but you know. Just keep, keep being awesome. Just keep being handsome. Yeah, That's keep being handsome. <laughs> Everyone gathers into the central area and crests over the top of the dune. Co, you look onward with your massive perception. And you spy the top of what looks like a stalagmite sticking out of the sand. Uh-oh. And from it rings out these long tendrils feeling through the sand. Ah, one of these. <laughs> you locate that about here. Um, I would call the position out to everybody's attention and let them know you know it's I can't remember the name of the creature but it's the thing we've encountered before the big slagmite got lots of arms you could do an investigation check yeah, flip through your a, old uh, adventuring guide <laughs> let's investigate my memory let's see if it's any good <laughs> Uh, let's see. That's going to be a 19 because I am proficient with it. So you remember it pretty well as a particularly disgusting boss battle at the end of season one, the Roper. That's what it is. And I would sort of indicate there's a Roper on to the left of uh, most of you. Oh, not one of these again. 
I say with some exasperation. Let's avoid it and keep going and keep our eyes open for more. Although one would hope we have leveled up a lot and maybe it hasn't. So maybe we out-level this early content. <laughs> Are you saying you want to go just take it out, <laughs> yeah. deal with it? One shot. This is, he's like white. He drops white gear. We're done with him. <laughs> you move your way across the dune and walk for some time at the top of this massive, massive sand mountain. And you, in order to maintain your footing, kind of stay to the peak. But each time you step, sand cascades down the side. Where Co One Shot is, you do not know, but you can sense them nearby. And as you walk, you eventually reach the crest, the end, the downhill of this dune. And you look out into the distance. Roll perception checks. Eight. Mine's a 20. 13. Jeez. Can't roll for crap today. It makes I you feel better. Out of the way. I can't get less than a 20, so. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it doesn't make me feel better somehow. I don't know why, but doesn't <laughs> wait you're saying you're those. physically incapable of rolling less than 20 the way you're statted yes because if i roll under 10 it becomes a 10 oh and i get a plus 10 to it i forget that's only on abilities that he is training in if right. he could still be really bad at cooking and stuff sure yeah like if i do a history check man it could be awful right. get ready i <laughs> can't wait so we got let's start let's start small then because we have an 8 a 13 and a 14. Splendor Belt, you look out and you see a line of eight stone black stone obelisks coming up out of the sand. You see where the dune kind of gives way back into the lowlands and once again these series of small walls and ruins appear scattered throughout the sand. Amongst the obelisks are small braziers with green flames alit in them, and they dance like flames do across the pillars, the obelisks. And the only other thing you can kind of make out is this small pinpoint of purple light, which seems to hover about five feet in the air, and it moves back and forth. And as it's motion, it draws your attention. And it moves back and forth amongst these obelisks. When you say rising up, you don't mean physically they're moving. You mean they, they, they're just, they rise up like a, a tree might rise up in the forest. Exactly, okay. exactly. These obelisks are completely still. They're not hovering or uh, broken in any sort of magical way. Okay. This is, after all, only a level 11 adventure. We need somewhere to go in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, with my, with my fantastic perception roll, do I make anything of that? Not really. Okay. I will be... Yeah, you would awe, interpret uh, what you, the player, interpret from that. I would interpret beauty and, and uh, uh, mystery and slight apprehension, but but that's, yeah, that's about all I would have. Grinkeeper, you got a 13. You look out 
and you can see even a little further, and you see the edge of a great pyramid slanting upwards, made of that same black stone. There are eight braziers all along the front of it that kind of dance and lick along the side of this pyramid. And you see another four foot, five foot high, small purple light at this distance moving back and forth amongst the green flames. Uh, She'll call back excitedly to her fireball friend. I think we found some ground for you. Now, Grinkeeper, that was a, a call, but you made a whisper. Which one was it? Oh, sorry. It would be a loud whisper. Okay. A loud whisper. My wife says that's what I do all the time in public. <laughs> loud whisper. <laughs> she hates it. I go, look at that guy. And she's like, you're saying that out loud. Anyway. Uh, and then Grinkeeper would remember there's the, uh, they have the telepathy going on, the mind connection. So she'd think... Uh, in a loud whisper, so that Boonfellow could tell her fireball friend. Co, you look out, and with the greatest perception in the group, you see a tiny bit more. You see yet another figure walking with these lights, and you're able to put the pieces together as you see one walk by the brazers. You see a humanoid figure carrying a staff, a spear. And even at this distance, you recognize the psychic spears, the blade lit on the end. You also see several other individuals moving about, but they don't see quite as regimented, as patrolled. They move in jerky fashions. They move uh, huddled over as though carrying great loads. All right, Co would relay this back through the psychic network and then let them know he's going to try and creep up and scout ahead and, uh, you know, to proceed with caution. And then that's exactly what he would do. All our, and all our buddies, the... Slip forward. Emissaries, first sons, brigand control or c- patrol, rather the the all the other um, uh, minotaurs and all that. They're not. They're they're being quiet, right? We're not having to constantly tell them to shut up or maintain some sort of decorum. Are they following suit? They're they're following your example. Uh, none of them are being louder than the other, and they're all looking for you to lead. Uh, every time Co seems to disappear. Noparopa seems agitated as the leader has once again left the party, but he follows suit. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And as, as Ko departs, Boonfellow, get down, get down, leads everybody down on their bellies, and they sort of crawl to the edge of the dune and look out. You see Dharma Edstream pulls out a spyglass and starts looking out at the pyramid and she gives you a tap on the shoulder Grinkeeper and offers for you to take a look oh thanks and Grinkeeper will take a look you may roll a new perception but you are now aware of everything that Ko saw the three individuals with the spears I'll again note here here 
and here. 15. On our map. 15, so one higher than, or two higher than it previously was. You do notice with the spyglass a forward individual, and you see their tattered clothing being shown in the green light. A half-elf. You don't recognize them. But they have... They have essentially a, a, a long stick that forks in the end from this distance. And there seems to be a, a leather or a metal on the edge. And they're using it to scoop sand off the area that contains these obelisks. And in fact, as you look around, you see several of these individuals and you kind of eye them with your spyglass. You see a series of elves kind of keeping back the sand from the temple itself with these long scoops and shovels. Cool. Uh, Crin Keeper will take the spyglass down and then she'll use her soft focus to kind of keep eyes on anything that might be coming toward Ko that he might not notice. You look out with a 15 and you have no idea where Ko is. That's right. Well, she's still going to watch not through the spyglass in case something big happens. Spongebelt. Sir. Grinkeeper, Grinkeeper got a spyglass from a friend and doesn't share it with you. Mm. <laughs> you stare out into darkness, not really sure what's going on. I mean, do I... My dark vision's not yielding anything that would be equivalent to the spyglass? Dark vision has a range on it, so it right. only sort of holds up at a certain distance. What you see is pinpoints of light down the dune, out ahead, okay. around this pyramid. Okay. Um, I mean, I'll notice that, but I won't be, uh, you know, I won't be offended. <laughs> Co, you advance. You slide down the dune without needing to slide. You can basically walk as those stone and you make your way towards the bottom. I assume you're doing a kind of like the shifty side side kind of step thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're we're creeping along. Perfect. Uh, on this area here is the obelisk portion above the sand or is the sand above it or are they about even? So everywhere on this map where there is the lighter purple if you will in the darkness is solid stone, you notice. And the obelisks extend up from that. And you can see that the sand kind of ever so slightly blows without wind and creeps back on to the stone. And one of these elves nearby in their tattered clothing and their gaunt cheeks comes by and shovels and pushes it back off as though maintaining the area around the pyramid. In fact, you could make a investigation check if you wish. Yeah, let's make at your current distance check. for a twenty-three. You didn't catch their name that night, but this is the server who attended your table at the bronze ball. Oh, this guy with the spear. No, no, the the younger woman, a half-elf with the shovel, 
Oh, okay. As she moves about. You also stare at the spear guy, and he looks very much along the lines of those gaunt and mummified beings that came out of the tombs back at the entrance room. One that assaulted Splendorbelt on his very farm. Okay. It if I... Oh, I was just going to say, if I um, if I investigate, either looking at him or my memory of those creatures, about how strong were they? Like, do I get a, a feeling of how difficult fighting one of them would be? You remember, so you all fought four there in the room, and their biggest threat seemed to be that they would use magic to detain you and perhaps entomb you. But they also cast a very large zone of darkness that did almost no cold damage. <laughs> That's right. Uh, now, this one right. is wielding one of the psychic spears, something that was not experimented with that you all turned into the guild. This not being the same exact spear, but that'd be a new element at play. Well, this might be a mistake. But, you know, that's what D&D's for, and that's what makes D&D exciting. Ko's uh, going to creep up on Spear Guy and try and do an Assassin's Creed-style assassination to him. Uh, taking him out by this pillar here, this obelisk. Cool. Let me roll. You've gone unnoticed as you approach. Where do you go? I'm going to slip up behind him. All right. And, uh, and I feel like I should use Anathala's will because there's a better chance to hit. And it does more damage. But it's not as stealthy. Yeah, we'll do Psychic Blades. We'll do Psychic Blades. That's the name of the game. Always. So going to kind of grab him and get him with the Psychic Blades. All right. The Blades. Uh, I'm guessing I'm hidden, so it's with advantage, right? Correct. Uh, that's a 20 to hit on the first hit. All right. So hit number one is going to be 29 psychic damage. And... Then the second psychic dagger sinks in with a 23 to hit for an additional six psychic damage to him. Is this a, you mentioned an Assassin's Creed kill. Is this the classic, you know, where you grab them and pull them behind a pillar and then, you know, uh -huh. shank, shank, shank? Yep. Cool. Best kill. So you... You do just that. You bring them around the corner, hiding yourselves between the two pillars as you bring them back and give them the double blow. The second your blades connect with them, of course, leaving no mark on your psychic blades here, their psychic spear turns off and falls from their hand. You may roll a dexterity saving throw. Yeah, let's do that. An 18 to catch it. You do. You catch the spear, which would have gone gung, 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 on the ground. And the figure slumps back into you. And is still. 
All right, let's uh, drop the spear into the bag of holding. Just let it disappear into there. Now we don't have to fumble with it. All right. Mary Poppins <laughs> that on in. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's what it's good for. And uh, take a peek out is... Uh, is this person looking in my general direction? They are currently attending to the sand that is pushing across. This figure wears an extremely worn, old, and stained chef's hat. Oh. Mm. Uh, Ko's going to pull the body um, using his telekinetic abilities to help assist with it. He's going to stick him in the sand, under the sands, about out here. Just slide him off the edge, slope him down, and then just kind of <laughs> put some sand over him. <laughs> yep. Perfect, perfect. And then uh, he'll kind of slip back into the shadows and he'll, uh, Psychic Network, say, the first, uh, first patrol's down. Everyone roll perception checks. An eight. Mine won't roll. Why? Let me refresh. Hold on. Okay. Oh! Hey, all I needed was a refresh. Natural 20, 23 total. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Splinterbelt, your eyes adjust to the darkness and you blink several times, refreshing them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. One of the spears, or one of these dots that Ko has shared with you, he has removed, goes out, out ahead. And as it does, you see that two lights, two of those green brazers come alive up on the pyramid exposing a balcony like flat they flare up like like exactly okay. a balcony do i see anything on the balcony with a natural 20 you you really kind of like and and flex those eyeballs and you feel like you can see two individuals up on the balcony waving what appear to be large fans. Fans, like cooling fans? like Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but big ones, like on sticks. like Oh. Oh, okay. Like they have a master up there. Sort of, uh... Hmm. Baron Harkonnen type deal. Is that on your mind for some reason? Yeah, I can't. I can't imagine why though. <laughs> Just can't figure out why I'd be thinking about that. Um, okay, I'd relay this to everybody through the psychic network. Uh, Grinkeeper will point the eyeglass up to where she thinks the, <laughs> the balcony would be. Much like many of us do with binoculars, with an eight, you can't quite find it. You sort of wheel it around in several directions. I can't see anything. It's very relatable. I, I would attempt to help both if you want, if I can help with a roll, but also literally I'd, I'd walk up and kind of hand guide point where I was looking, you know, like aim here sort of thing. 
And it goes about as well as it does with your significant other family member friend with those binoculars. It's right there. It's right there. Just, no, it's the bird. It's... <laughs> the greenkeeper then will hand over the eyeglass. What do you see? All right, I would, I would grab that thing and see if I can get a closer look. Roll an investigation check. Incoming. A 14. You look, and you look real hard through that spyglass, and you recognize, you think you might see. Did you really look at her well, though? Uh, you see a lot of a large, uh, long bit of hair in a and an old, tattered purple dress. You think it could be Hisia, but you don't really know. No snake-like features or anything? Not at this distance. Okay. The other attendee waving the other frond, as it were. <laughs> is that what those are called? Is, a frond? Yeah, oh. like, a, like a palm frond. Oh, that's cool. Never Except for these would be manufacturers, for there is no fronds yeah. in the Dauntless Dunes. <laughs> okay. It is, uh, is a shirtless, rather built, but still va- vacuum-sealed in his gauntness individual. You don't recognize them immediately. Okay. They seem to be waving at the central bit, and as you're Memory kind of jogs back to that dream. You you remember that there was a large bed there by the edge. Okay. I would convey that information to everybody. Is there anything else I see? That would be it at this distance. Okay. I'll lower that and, ex- and ex- tell everybody through the network. And the and el- I would tell the elk as oh. well as I'm as I'm saying it. I would keep in mind that the elk is listening, and I would try to cater my content so that the elk would understand. A <laughs> 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 uh, greenkeeper would then think to go. All right, you said the first one. How many are there? Uh, there's at least three more with spears, but there's some of our missing elves are down here as well. They seem to just be doing chores. They aren't armed. Okay, cool. So we gotta clear it. Do you think we could start sneaking him now? I know I can't sneak, but let me find out. And Greenkeeper <sighs> will whisper to the group behind her. Uh, anybody good at sneaking? Dominic raises his hand. You've barely associated with them. This was the big the brigand patrol who you dismissed that day at the well. Uh, Hiroshi, the cat monk, never quite forgave Splendor Belt that day. <laughs> 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 but one Dominic Reeves says, huh? I could get down there. Okay, cool. Uh, um, and then she'll look. What's the fireball girl's name? Dharma Edstream. Dharma. Uh, she'll look down uh, toward Dharma and then she'll look back. Uh, can anybody make like a stone floor here? They all converse amongst themselves for a moment. I'm kind of more in the like evocation boom kind of environment. I I got a, a, a teleportation circle at Cassius's request in my spell book today, but that's not my my jurisdiction. Okay, cool. So we have to get down there then. I need a ten by ten area. 
and I can ferry out. I have I have two and she holds both in her two hands, kind of there, you know, uh, battle laying on her stomach. I've got two pieces of chalk. We can take sixteen still individuals at a time, but if we run them through in the timing of the portal, I could take up to eighty-four. Whoa. Okay, so we're not ready for the portal yet. I can do it twice. Okay. Uh, I also have I also have fireball. I can use fireball three times. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's impressive. Um, I don't think we're ready. We're ready yet. Co, uh, I think we need to clear out more space and we need to find more people. But I think we have the hard ground. We need to get them out. And uh, uh, Dominic, do you want to... Go, do you, could you use a friend? Real quick, uh, before I respond, Kyle, when I was hunting the elves, um, was I using, remind me, because I think you said, was I using my psychic blades to take them down, but non-lethally? And was that preventing them from falling under the control, or did then Splendor Belt and I still have to go into their mind to break the mind control? Correct. So it was basically the violent overload way to do it. The psychic blades could be used non-lethally to fry their brain out for the time and break the connection. Upon waking, they'd be fine, but of course, recover from the injuries. Yes, but we're to do it the gentle way, we don't have the resources to do it too often, because I think it was... What, I could do it... If you lined them all up, I could hit four at a time... But I think the limitation was on Scott's spells. Because what was it that you were casting to break them out? I don't it... remember. He was using Remove Curse. And we were using higher level spells, I believe, to do it up to eight times a day at that point. Yeah, but oh, and you were expending was... your yeah. psychic dice. So that method would work. Let me, let, let's see. Where is... Uh... Remove Curse is a third level spell. So... Splendor Belt could do it three times without going into other spell pools. And that would be an opportunity for you to remove someone from their current state without without the need to down them if you wanted to keep them up and moving. So thinking on all that, Ko would say, okay, the ones with the spears are enemies. We can take them out, no problem. The ones that are just doing tasks are controlled like any of the other elves around town. I can knock them out, and we can gather them up to be teleported out unconscious, but they're going to stay unconscious. Blenderbelt and I can probably pull people out using the method we have in town, but I think we should only save that for people that we want fighting with us. You know, I don't know if a chef is going to help all that much fighting against the Kalazar. Maybe we are a little selective about who we pull out which way. Uh, Grimkeeper will relay this, and then she'll look to Dominic and be like, Okay, you start taking out the guards quietly. Very, very quietly. Uh, Co, did you want to start piling up the innocents? And we'll start getting a head count? Uh, it's... <laughs> Dirty work, but someone's got to do it. And with that, Ko's going to just start sprinting across the dunes and go and do a 
Again, Assassin's Creed style, although gently this time, without the intent to kill, just with the intent to fry their brain enough to break the connection. But just, like, leap on their back and grab yeah. and zap. So it's so more of a loving uh, of, of, um, uh, Trinity type of plug into the Matrix, without the yeah. kiss, perhaps. You yeah. give them a little stab <laughs> in the back of the brain neck, in the nape, and then gently, gently lay, lay them down. Yep. Dominic Rees heads out. He rolls his stealth, and he disappears seemingly from view as he heads down. Uh, He is not psychically connected, but he made note that he was going to head up around the right side of our map, what would be the east side, towards the psychic spear wielder here on the map. Each one of these, uh, these gray blocks off to the side is an entrance that you can see, and you see that same ancient elvish language above it. No one can quite read that at this range, but they look like tomb entrances. I'm just going to move Dominic off the map as he has disappeared from view. Co, let's make... Let's make another stealth check. Okay. Alright, not as good a 26 this time. Oh yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Awful roll. So you move about without without error, taking out various chefs and craftsmen. <laughs> yeah. Do, I do the whole thing. I you know, take that guy down, then move over here, then do a little like tap on the obelisk, and this guy goes, huh? And then just grab him and <laughs> we're playing uh, Metal Gear Solid over here. And do you do anything with the bodies when you get them or just leave them where they lay? I'm kind of tucking them out of sight from this area, but leaving them to where they could be found by everybody as they move, you know, up this way. And I would let Greenkeeper know, you know, I think you can start advancing quietly, carefully. We're starting to take these guys out. Okay, Splendor Belt, is that door up there still open? Uh, I'll take the spyglass again and look. Is it open? You talk about the balcony? Or the balcony. Is that what you mean? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the balcony. Alright, I'll take another look and Kyle will tell me if it is. <laughs> Alright. Let it rip. Spyglass. You get advantage with the spyglass. Okay. What am I rolling? Perception again? Yep. Okay. Uh, while that happens, Ko, can you roll me damage on your attack on the next Spearman? Uh, yes, let's do that. Because you're being stealthy enough, the concern is more, can you take them out in one shot? Okay, so be a 22 to hit. Be 8. While that gets uh, added up, Slenderbelt, what was your double perception? So, oh, I'm getting, I'm doing advantage? Yep. Oh, Awesome. I was going to touch myself and do a rhyme, but I'm not I'm not going to now. All right, here we you go. You still can. Yeah, okay, I'll do it. I'll say, I'll mumble it. I'll say, I like chicken. I like kelp. All I need is a little help, and I'll touch myself. And here comes here comes the first roll. Here's my perception number one. Let's uh, say 17, and my advantage roll, depends on how this rolls, is a 20, not natural. So 20. I won't even do my extra. 
Okay, so the offhand attack on the next guard is a little spotty. So if it if a thirteen wouldn't hit the next guard, um, then it was it only does. Okay, so in that case, it would be twenty eight points of psychic damage to him. All right, they go down. And as you as they do, you note that they have no armor on. They have nothing on. And how much Splinterbelt would hate this particular job if he was having to do it. <laughs> Splinterbelt, yeah. you look up. You look out. With your perception enhanced by your god's wisdom. Yeah. The only thing that's changed is that what you believe to be Princess Hesia is still fanning the muscular individual now has a small bowl in their hand and what looks like a cloth, and they're running it through the bowl and then descending over the bed and wiping something and then running it back through the bowl and kind of moving their way across the bed. Okay. But that answers so, the yeah. question. It's open. Yep. The, the, the balcony is still bare. Okay. I'd relay that to Greenkeeper to answer her question. Okay, uh, and then what would I need to roll to kind of figure out where the line of sight between the balcony and the ground would be broken? I see what you mean, like how close you'd have to be to the... Yeah, yeah. That would be an investigation. I rolled a two, but I've got a negative one, so it's a one. So Grinkeeper's <laughs> just going to be like, okay. No one's on the balcony, so let's start getting close. We'll pile up the bodies, and if there needs to be a distraction, I'll get on the elk and I'll go. The spear light out on the far right disappears, and there seems to be no interaction or response. All right, cool. So let's head off toward the right there. I don't see any other lights. And then we'll make for the uh, as close as we can to the pyramid until we can't see that balcony anymore. Co, you're now sort of up on the the temple grounds, and there is a large door ahead of you. You note in your stealthy action that you can see two more guards watching the entrance. Green light emanates from inside. Uh, to a greater degree than has been out here, and you hear the sounds of hammers and anvils and construction. Not the beep, beep, beep kind, you know, like ancient construction. Yes. <laughs> uh, one other thing to note, uh, an interesting, just kind of silly thing, but uh, every time Ko uh, knocks out one of the townspeople elves... Uh, he speaks a quiet word and a little rivet appears on his armor to keep track of how many he has knocked out. Oh, very cool. To compare, because I don't recognize that it, who everybody is, so he wants to get a count for how many he has. So using his glamoured armor, another little rivet just appears on his arm for every elf that goes down. Very cool use of the armor. When, when you dispatch this a spearman here... I assume you drag them back to the sands. Do you deal with the uh, elves nearby, or do you move on to the next spearman? Um, the focus would be the spearman right now, because he wouldn't want to... He figures the others are probably a little more zoned in on their task. So he would take care of the spearman. 
Then he'd go for the second spearman, and then he'd make his way back across, knocking out elves. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our break. And during this break, Dominic Rees is going to attack his last spearman as he circles the right side of the temple. Ko, you have two spearmen to go as you make your way around. So roll those up for me, and we'll see you all after the break. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Stay tuned. My server who's just dancing all the time. Dude, I, he is always there. Yeah. He's never not there. That's Day, the game for some people. That's night, all they want. Yeah. Rain, shine, doesn't matter. He's just dancing on the exact same spot. It's a crazy anomaly. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. One but of these days, I, I need to have a private conversation with Kyle about how he actually got Garrett to play Final Fantasy 14. I cannot believe that happened. I'm impressed Un- too. Unbelievable. I'm impressed too. Yeah, I just was sure it was never going to happen. All right. Um, let's see. We're good. Wait, wait, wait. Before before we oh, start, yeah. what's the one about the rain on the window? Because now that's going to drive me nuts till I know what song I'm thinking oh, of. Oh, uh, rain on the what? window. Uh, Tina Turner. There's rain hitting the window. Oh, rain. rain hitting the wind. Is this a? It is rain Tina Turner. Rain on my window. I can't stand the rain. Oh, I can't stand, stand the rain. The rain. <laughs> okay, that's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. That's what my dog's saying. Okay. We've come full circle. All right, here we go. Uh, we're back at it, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for uh, sticking out uh, or hanging in there. I guess I guess all of them just jumped right into it, so I don't know why I'm talking to listeners that way. But thanks, live people, for hanging around. We're back. Kyle, it's back in your hands. Co descends on his final victims with a 37 damage hit and a 40 damage hit, dispatching the final two and sneaking well amongst the elves who are working out here. As you go, you spy a several Oh, these okay, so these will all be pretty normal dresses, their cloth clothes uh, in tatters, but carrying large loads of rocks and stone on their back. As you move about the side of the temple, you pass by several more of these caverns, these tombs that have been carved into the walls around the pyramid. And inside you see that they've been collapsed or that they're completely bare. That where writing and hieroglyphs and treasures used to be, they've been completely stripped of all their resources and their splendors. And these elven workers, half-elves, high-elves, Wood elves, as you move about them in stealth, are carrying large loads of those stones, some with golden trinkets in the bags as well. In a distant area on the other side of the temple, Dominic effectively removes his two targets, too, and buries them in sand, though this would just be seen by Splendorbelt on the spyglass as the light's going out. There's no psychic connection as to where he is at the moment. Grinkeeper, you were expre- uh, expressing to the group that you should head down the right side now, perhaps, and start approaching. Yes. And just keep moving forward until um, we break line of sight with the balcony. I would go with her in that. I'm not going to split up. I'd go with her. All right. Then let's roll some stealth checks, all of us, as well as a acrobatics and if for some reason it's better you could do a dexterity saving throw as you head down the dunes and attempt not to slide trip or fall 
So stealth and acro? Batics? Exactly. Okay. Fifteen <laughs> stealth. I got a nat twenty, but I roll with disadvantage, so I got a four. Boo! All right, so there's that. My acrobatics is an eight. So and a nine again, for mine. Once again, big dumb idiot cleric bumping all over the place trying to get stuff done. Splendor belt. What does Splendor Belt say as he slips on sand and it gives beneath his feet and causes him to cascade and fall down the side of the dune? I would go, <laughs> by Paylor's bread, and I'll just fall. <laughs> I always wanted to have him say that. Is this a... Okay. All right. Go in your distant, <laughs> in your distant area you here. By Paylor's bread! <laughs> Exactly. Echo across the temple grounds. But you're not alone in the least, Splendor Belt, as Boonfellow, three of the centaurs, Chad Brad. Greenkeeper, what did you get? You got a nine, and what was your stealth? Oh, you got a 15, so you're good. So, you, so, <laughs> so uh, we get a, we have a... <laughs> <laughs> which also echoes across the grounds. There's a... Ah, shit! <laughs> as Boonfellow rolls down the hill, but Grinkeeper's completely silent as she... <laughs> and it falls down the sands. This does mean that the five emissaries, Norman Green, Hiroshi... Quite a few individuals, as well as six other minotaurs, make it down stealthily. But together, your cacophony of sound as you descend causes this echo to head out. And with that, from the upper balcony, you hear a... <laughs> issuing outwards. Ending in a sudden stop to it. And as that sound rings out, a sound you've heard before, all of the elves who are working the grounds turn on their heels immediately and start heading towards the pyramid. Some of them were sweeping, shoveling, hauling these loads. They immediately start heading inward. And the two guards that were out front, guarding the inside of the pyramid, head to the entrance. As soon as Ko sees the elves starting to move and hears the sound, he's just going as quick as possible. Just a psychic blast to one and then dashing to the other and then a blast to them, trying to get as many as he can before they make it to the pyramid. He's quick. I don't know. And he doesn't get slowed by the sand, so he's making as quick a work of them as he can. And Even going these... so far as to throw the daggers near the end if he can't reach somebody. Excellent. So here's the question for you. Of course, you know, are you still doing this with uh, a genteel nature or are you just downing folks as fast as possible? 
Uh, it's still intended not to kill them. He's still aiming to just, you know, give them a big jolt to their head and, uh, knock them out. Cool. So you run across the sand as others couldn't hear, undisturbed by its slipperiness or its texture, and you just zoop, 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 all the elves on your way. My question for you would be, as you dispatch these with your thrown daggers and whatnot, making sure you never have to spend too much time walking to anybody, the final two elves would be walking towards the guards. Would you down them in their view? Um... Yeah, I think it's more important that I stop them than prevent a fight. I'm willing to get in a fight with these guards to get the remaining two. Roll another stealth check for me then. And then two attacks. These would be range thrown. 31 for the stealth. And these are considered stealth, so with advantage. Exactly. And I'm just looking for a hit. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, the the it's a 17 and a 22 for the first throw. And for the second, it's a natural 20. So I guess I didn't really need to roll it again. Uh, it's a natural 20. So you throw and hit both of these elves in the back of their neck and they go down flat on their faces. You see a small pool of blood move out from their heads as you do. They did hit sand straight on their face with a large load on their back. But uh, they appear to be breathing. They're okay. We got clerics. <laughs> as they go down, you yourself are not noticed as you take... If You you can either hide behind the nearby brazier or run back to the wall here. Either way, you were not noticed. But one of the guards up front begins walking your way, wielding a psychic spear. Uh, yeah, Ko would duck back behind this. Meanwhile, the elk handsomely makes its way down the dune with zero trouble. But this this tumble and with that energy of falling down a hill as you sort of crest and gain a little bit of air and then and and Chad Brad comes kind of cartwheeling by going. You all land in a great pile at the bottom. Again, the the uh, Norman Green Dharma Edstream, Vivian Plume, Omen Wright are all perfect on their stealths and end up catching up behind you. But there's this large people of, in front, all kind of buried on top of each other. What do you guys do? Okay, we got to get to our feet now. I'm going to get on the elk and Co uh, has it going. Uh, I've got, and he checks the rivets on his armor. Um, I've got 11 unconscious elves, two guards still patrolling, one getting close. If he gets too close, I'll take him out as well. I don't, I don't know what uh, Reese has done on his side. Should we wait? I mean, I think everybody in this cavern knows you're here. You might as well come on up. Okay. How steep is it out of this pit? Not pit, but this, like, where we are. Is there any steepness? 
you find yourself at the bottom of the steepness, having now fallen down it. You would be on sand, so still difficult terrain as your feet stink, uh, stink, uh, step into it. You know, kind of like, like how your legs get really tired walking on the beach after a long time. Oh, yeah. I actually really like that feeling, but, um, all right. That's exfoliating, yeah, as it, like, presses into your, uh, yeah. arch and stuff. Mm. That's good stuff, especially cool sand. All right, well, we would... Uh, Splinter Belt would want to get up, dust off, and keep moving. Get back up the other side. As you all get back up and start to follow around the right side of the pyramid, you see Rees break his cover and his stealth, and he motions you all forward. I'm going to advance the, the group you guys place yourself where you would be. Go, the guard walks right past you. If you'd like to make your stealth-based attack and give me the damage. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, all right. It's going to be a 19 to hit. Which will be... While you tally that up, I'm moving those from the right side of the temple back in. Though, for a quick moment, Boonfellow says, Phelan! And then gets his mouth covered by Norman Green. You see Phelan, the elf wizard that you fought alongside the gelatinous cube with enter the pyramid. For both attacks, it'd be 38 damage to the guard. Damn. Jeez. He goes down. Yeah. Holy crap. One outdoor guard remains. Grinkeeper, you seem to be leading the group. What do you, where do you take them? We follow the rogue. Uh, do you have anything to report? What'd you find? All I found was old tomb entrances that have been looted and elves working inside. Any other entrances to this thing? And then she'll point to the pyramid. No, in fact, the back of the pyramid touches the back wall. Built okay. into it, carved from it even. So a frontal assault then. I only know of the front door or scaling up to the balcony. How hard would it be to scale? If we could get someone to climb that thing, we could attach some ropes and that wouldn't be so bad. But the initial climb would be quite difficult. Who do we have with us? Who's climbing in this group? I, I would hear that and, and like say, you know, whisper around to the minotaurs and everybody and go, is anyone skill, skilled at climbing here? I'm not. No! We do not climb. The Minotaurs do not climb. Says Great Horns. How about five emissaries? Any of you? Uh, let me, let me, let me see. Let me see. And Dharma opens up her spell book, which lets loose light in the area around, and she kind of has to crack it like reading a phone at night. And like, like looking in between just the part of her book. Okay, I got spider climb second level, so I could do it. Uh, one individual able to move up, up and down vertical surfaces, so I could spider climb one person. You have oh, you can uh, you can make it so someone else can do it. I can cast this three times, so I could get three spider climbers. How high up is that balcony? Uh, Great keeper thinks to the DMs, so you can make a roll <laughs> estimate. <laughs> You look at the balcony, and you'd say it was about 300 feet 
up, wow. but then you have to Pythagorean over. So the distance you would cover would be greater than 300 feet. However, it's 300 feet up. Yeah, so a 50-foot rope wouldn't cut it. No. <laughs> While they're having this conversation, there's the tiniest hint of a whistling sound as two daggers are lobbed at the remaining guard. All right. Give me hit and damage. So Dharma's sitting there, and she kind of summons forth her finger and draws, and this web begins to appear, this long, long string. And she goes, who wants to spider climb? Wait, 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 hold on. How many ropes do we have? How many 50-foot ropes do we have? Because if we could tie seven together, we can get a rope up there. Ah, last, this is adventuring parties. We've all got rope. Good. We need to tie seven ropes together. Once we get seven together, we'll tie another seven together. Let's see how many ropes we can get up there. And we have seven adventurers, and they all begin to tie their their knots. Not not including you guys, so you have ten total here. No, the Minotaurs have no rope. <laughs> I didn't even roll the second attack. The first attack was thirty-three points of damage. Okay, so you so one little little bolt goes. Right, right into, the, and he just slumps sideways, and a little ting a ling a ling a ling of the spear falling and going out. Okay, cool. So we've got a rope that can get us to the top. Uh, a co, co, do you want to go up? Well, he's way on the other side, right? He's not with us yet. I come walking up. I'm gonna gather the spears, um, and uh, disperse. The spears that I've gathered, the, the Minotaurs don't have weapons, right? Or they, oh no, they got stone. They don't. Yeah, have they, weapons. they have they have stone axes and and such. All right, well, I got a big old bag of spears for no reason. That's fine. <laughs> so Ko comes walking up. Um. Okay, that takes care of the outside guards. We got a lot of elves over there. Um. But I, I think we probably have some limitations on teleporting, so they'll be fine for right now. I know there's more that went inside. Um, what are we doing? <laughs> Watches people tying ropes together. Okay, so Dharma here's got something called spider climb, which means someone or three, three people, someones. three someones, thank you, can get up to that balcony and we can leave a rope hanging if we can tie it off. Uh, so that means we could do, like, two-prong assault, one through the bottom, one through the top. Oh. But only as many people as could climb a rope at a time. Yeah, I think the first people that would need to go up would need to be really quiet, so that's that's not me. <laughs> that's not me either. Well, I mean, I could get the rope up there really quick, even without the spider climb, but... Uh... You know, it's just, I don't know what kind of resistance we're going to get once we get up there. Although with the spider climb, I could probably creep up there pretty quietly and scout it out. Yeah, and then could you give us like a layout of the area so we know what's up there before we... And then, uh, 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 Reese, Reese, could you sneak in the front and let us know how that's laid out? I'm on it. Okay. Uh, do you want to put the spider climb on other people... Just just in case? Why, why waste the magic? That's a good point. Uh, uh, who, who would use the spider climb really well? I, well I'm not, it's, not me. 
I, I know you might not know how, how it works. It's, it's concentration, so I can only do one at a time. And if I start the ritual, you won't have the spider climb anymore for the teleportation. Oh. So I can get one person up at a time. And it sounds like it's going to be you. And she starts moving a finger towards Yuko. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's going to be me. She gives you a touch. And on the bottom of your hooves, even beneath your uh, horseshoes, your hoof shoes, your stealth shoes. <laughs> stealth shoes. You feel a bit sticky, like you stepped on a, a load of gum. Ooh. Well, I don't like this at all, but... Okay, I'm gonna go. Got one hour, or unless I take a hit to the head. So, you know, careful. Don't, don't take a hit to the head. I'll be careful. Cole will start kind of getting a feel for it. Kind of putting his hands on the wall. Is it like Spider-Man? Does it do my hands? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, your hand, as, as you will it to, your hands also gain the climbing ability. You feel extremely secure, like you could hang upside down should you wish. Oh, maybe I like this. This is kind of neat, actually. And then Ko will kind of test it out while he's at the base level, get a feel for it so he can try and be as stealthy and then start Spider-Manning up the wall. As you start, do you want to reset the psychic network as an hour may have passed in your journeys? Oh, yeah, let's do that. Uh, let us... And do you move it around in any way? <laughs> That's a good question. Reese, if we could get him. Oh, yeah, Reese would be a really good one. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah, Boonfellow's out. He's loud anyway. Reese would be a better choice. Boonfellow's out. Reese is in. And uh, other than that, everything stays the same. I still feel like we should talk to the Minotaurs because they speak their own language. And Well, I don't know. Splinterbelt can talk to Minotaurs. He could be our Minotaur liaison. Yeah, I have the language skills. Yeah. We'll let you you talk to the Minotaurs, so who do we want to add? Do we want to add this caster person for teleportation purposes? Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, what's her name again? Dharma. Dharma, okay. We're going to do Dharma, Reese, Splinterbelt, Greenkeeper. Cool. And it's going to be good for the next ten hours. Yeah. <laughs> get the most out of that psychic network. Yep. It's All right. Good. Get a bang out of that buck. That's good. And then up Co goes. All right. I'm heading out. <laughs> Says Dominic Reese over the psychic <laughs> network. Very authentic. got him over here i will move him he skirts along the edge and he starts peering in co you are scaling the side of the pyramid mm -hmm. and as you do it still has it's it's lust well that was weird that was, a cool sound. was that you? that wasn't me that wasn't me i don't know was it spooky it was spooky halloween then it works Ooh. all right um uh, as you go up the side, it still has its luster. It still has its uh, its coating. So it's a flat go, unlike the ancient pyramids, which are now blocks on top of blocks. Make your stealth check. And I'll roll one for Reese here. A 26. So you make your way up. 
if you will it, your knees can be sticky too. Okay. And, and you climb, and you climb up this side. As you do, Dominic reports over the psychic network. All right, I, I see quite a few. I see, let's see, we got uh, two guards in the back near the stairs. Uh, in front of them is a large statue that's being constructed. Uh, it has scaffolding all around it. I see, I see Withers. He's, uh, he's working on the statue. I, I can see Wildfire, too. He's there. Um... A local blacksmith is working over on a pile of metal that the elves have brought in. There's a a large mechanical spider that's been deconstructed. It's been uh, dismantled. They're taking parts from it to to work on the statue. The statue appears to, to be some uh, 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 ninety feet tall. Uh, it has a uh, a uh, face, an open mouth that seems to be screaming. Uh, what else do you want to know? The layout of the room. Is it a rectangle? Is it a square? Uh, uh, big square, as far as I can tell. It looks like it used to be made for some other purpose, perhaps a ceremony or something, but everything's been ripped down. There's, there's parts of the walls where it looks like things used to hang, and it's gone. It's all been... It's all been re- reshaped and, and scraped bare. How many guards? Only the two guards? Only the two guards, but I count... I count uh, 17 elves uh, working the area. I see Malone. Malone's down here. Malone, he was an artisan, a wood elf. Uh, I used to live by him. During this time, Co, you climb up. I'm going to reveal oh. you a different part of the map. Oh, okay. And move you over there slightly. This map's insane. So with your stealth check and your spider climb, you can approach this however you want. You could climb up and peek over all Aladdin style. You could climb up and around and hang upside down. You've got you've got spider powers. What do you want to uh, do? Yeah, Ko's going full Spider-Man. He crawls past it and goes on the ceiling because people don't look up that often. So he's gonna he's gonna creep in from the top. Roll a perception check. A twenty-four. A twenty-four. You skirt around the the balcony and climb in over the top, and you do so with great tact and speed and stealth. And as you enter, you find yourself in the very throne room where you met Anathala in the dream. The pillars off to the side, the fountain, which spews forth the black ichor and liquid that runs down across and out of the room. You see the two green braziers burning. You see... Princess Hesia, or one that you think is Princess Hidia. Hesia, kind of a snake-eyed woman with yellow, green skin, scales around her neck, is fanning a body on the bed with purple sheets on it. And Keeves is there, too. Keeves, looking muscular with his shirt off, is rubbing oils on the body on the bed. On the bed is a... dried-out figure, arms crossed across its chest, its knees buckled in, its toes curled, its fingernails long and overgrown. Has on several gold uh, bracers, jewelry, 
a golden belt with a hookhor's face upon it and a great bat's visage across its head. But the skin is all dry and leathery and Keeves, in sort of a stupor, in a dreamlike state, takes oil from a bowl and rubs it across the skin of the being that's laying completely still in the bed. Its mouth is agape, though, just open to the air. As you climb across the ceiling, you make your way deeper into this throne room area, this bedchamber, and you pass by the chair that you saw Anathla sitting upon when you first went in there when she was talking to her various illusionary servants. And next to it, an old and tattered and worn with time white dress. All right, I relay all that back to everybody so they know what's up. Uh, Reeves, is there any way you can get to those guards unseen or is it to open an area? Not really much room to stealth in here. I could maybe get behind the, the stone supplies, make my way around if these elves aren't being too cautious. Um, stairs are all the way in the back, though. All right, don't risk it yet. Uh, Co, is, is, the, is there a way out of that room without going through doors? Uh, the back side of it, is it doors or is it open? As you advance across the ceiling, and we'll roll with your previous stealth as it hasn't been broken, you see a room beyond. Just like again in that dream, you see the fountain issuing forth the black ichor and two guards guarding the entrance to this room. As you climb across the ceiling and enter the area and start making your way back, you have to cross right over the mummified figure's face on the bed and you feel like it's watching you. But you can't be sure. Uh... Is the uh, ceiling and the doorway high enough to where I feel like I would be well above these guards if I passed over on the ceiling? Or would I be, like, crawling just above their heads if I tried to go through the doorway? So you're about 35 feet up, and you would crawl down 10, so so you'd be 25 feet, and they're normal-sized humanoids anyway. So you would pass above them at about 25, so you'd have, yeah quite a bit of clearage, 19 feet of clearing over their heads. Alright, let's do that. I crawl out, let's get a full lay of the land here, so Ko would try and slip through the door, stick into the ceiling, and kind of make his way along the ceiling in the corner trying to, you know, lean into shadows and dark spaces on the off chance, you know, anybody looks in that direction. You see two more guards guarding two side doors, doors you did not explore during your time in the dream. You see one elf make its way up the steps, no longer carrying its load. You wet, you witness them outside. They they seem to be some sort of uh, a thinner individual uh, with an apron on that is now in tatters. And they walk past the guard and enter through the door and into the side room you can't see. Um... Co would again relay, you know, I'm in I made it to the room beyond. It's guarded. There's about four guards, elves milling about. 
open doors. I don't know what's through them. I don't think I could get through, not without a fight at least. And some stairs at the far end. Uh, the stairs go down, I'm guessing, right? Correct. You know, I could try and start making my way down to you, but it's a pretty tall structure. I don't know how many floors there are to this. Yeah, because we could, you could come back out and, you know, spider climb and then help take out those guards in the bottom room and then we knock all those elves out. But that's the frontal assault, right? Yeah, I mean, these guards aren't all that. I could probably take them out if you wanted me to, but I just don't know how many are going to come racing up here once the commotion starts. Can you do it more quietly? You are a stealthy man with stealthy things. You can do it. Little snip, Uh, snip, and get out. (laughs) Possibly. Um, Because looking at the situation, seeing if... Yeah, you know what, though? Mechanically speaking, I'm working this through in my mind real quick, so this is going to sound a little metagamey, but this is my thought process. Okay. In theory, if I were to drop from the ceiling on one, essentially that would be like a surprise round. I'd get an attack off, and then initiative would be rolled for the remaining. If my initiative beat that guy, I could theoretically get another attack and take out two before any loud combat would begin. Correct. Well, that's what we're going to do. All right. All right. Then. So you position. So you've got you've got four guards in the room. You got two by the door. So you're going to position yourself in the map. I say you position yourself on one. So let's surprise round down and then we'll roll initiative. OK, so, yeah, let's do that. OK, so Ko's going to just drop, bring both uh, psychic blades to bear. His first Strike to hit is going to be a 22 to hit. This is a black flag move, by the way, that you're doing. Uh, where's my... By the way, this whole time that Ko's been gone, uh, Nopa Ropa has been by you, Splendor Bendy, like, what does he see? What does he see in there? <laughs> tell me, tell me. I would try not to get irritated with that, but I would say nothing. Nothing yeah, You keep secrets. I will tell you, there's no secrets. I don't know anything. Between both attacks, it would be um, uh, 32 damage. All right. You knock out the first one. Let's roll initiative. And we're all rolling. Uh, roll, On roll, a, roll a stealth, too, because there's a chance you might not alert the other two guards. Okay. Do you want us all rolling it first. or no? No, no. Uh, just go. Okay, at the that's what I thought. <clears throat> that's a 30. Uh, both both okay. rolls were a 30. So. All right. Uh, and then for the initiative roll, since the dice disappears from being on top of it, well, that's not great. Uh, 13 for initiative. All right. It's the important roll. Let's do it. All right, you win. Go for it. Uh, all right. So landing co would then, um, throw well no he wouldn't throw he would then slip up alongside this guy because we need to stop any clanging sounds from occurring and try and take him down oh you know what there's even a better way he'd run along the top 
He's got the wall climb thing, the spider climb. So he'd just go right up over the top of him and then do an attack down at him from there as well. Okay. That sounds cool. Let's do that. Uh, so this attack is going to be 24 to hit. And the first strike is 34 damage, so... You take him out. Let's do the dexterity saving throw to catch both spears as they fall together. (laughs) That's cool, man. Uh, 16. All right, you kind of... So you fall on one, take him out with the fall, run up the wall, jump onto the other one, land, take him out with a single stab, and then cross both arms out and grab both spears as they're about to fall. And set them down quietly. Are you sure you didn't watch Dune yet? Everything you're talking about reminds me of Dune. There's so much Dune shit in today's thing. Giant deserts, huge temple in the middle of the desert. People running on walls and stabbing each other. It's so good. I I have not, but it's just our curse. Like aliens before it. And what did you watch the other week? Oh, yeah. No, they're right. That keeps happening. Yeah, and I shouldn't question it. This is just part of the magic. It's all good. (laughs) Just in in on that zeitgeist, you know? Just all pop culture man. Uh, all right, Ko would gently lay those down, and uh, seeing a befuddled elf near him, uh, he would gently take them out as well. <laughs> shh, no more tears. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you do so, and lay them down behind the fountain. All right, two of the four guards are down guess I try it again on the next set. Good luck, Ko. Alright, Ko advances. Go and do. Alright, you climb up the wall again and position yourself above one. This one is formidably further across the room than the previous. But... Yeah, this this one we might have to let the spear clatter. Uh, that's fine, though. Alright. Make your attack. Okay. Drop down on the first one to hit. All right, it's 27 to hit. Nine plus 22. Uh, I'm guessing that's enough, right? Yeah, that's enough. So you'd have 20s has been enough. You would have a free bonus action then. All right, throw that across to do an initial. Well, okay, here's a question, though. So part of the reason why I'm able to do so much damage is because it's a sneak attack, but if I throw the bonus one and then we roll initiative, he's he knows he got hit by a dagger, right? Yes, but he would still roll initiative. You just wouldn't have it. That, that wouldn't affect the initiative. He would still get hit by a dagger. Right, but then if I struck him again, I wouldn't have... Eh, it'll be fine. We'll throw the dagger. Why not? I just, you could also use the bonus action to catch the spear here if you wanted. Let's do that instead. Okay. Catch the spear, lay it down. All right. Dexterity saving throw on that, and then we roll initiative. Mm, that's a 10. Oh, wait. Hold on. Does my thing work for proficiency on saves as well? Because I have a proficiency on the save, and I rolled under 10. Let's see the class features. Let's this see. is called reliable talent whenever you make an ability check. Okay, abilities. No. So yeah, it was only a ten on the deck save. So it you catch it on the on the bottom end and it dings into the ground. All the same, we roll initiative. Let's do it. 
I got a five. I got a ten. <laughs> All right, you're up. All right, Co uh, lands and zips two psychic daggers across the hallway at him. With a 25 to hit for the first throw. Now, is this considered stealth or does he clearly see me? I'm across the hallway from him. Yeah, you would clearly see. He was alerted by the ding. He just hasn't acted yet. Okay. So that's eight on the first dagger, eight psychic damage. And on the second, it's a natural 20 for 29 to hit. All right. Uh, which would be seven damage, but you want me to roll again and see if I hit, right? Exactly. Uh, it'd be an 11. Not a hit. So okay. give me damage as per normal. Uh, so seven on the critical, and what did I say on the first? Nine? So 16 points of damage? Yeah. He's still going. Okay. The first one acts. With an, oh, I'm in here, and charges you. He attacks with the psychic spear with an 18. Uh, that just meets my armor class. That'll do it. All right. You take nine points of psychic damage. Right. Uh, you know what? No, let's uh, let's half that. Very well. <laughs> let's negotiate. What if I took less? <laughs> We will continue this initiative in a moment, but first across the psychic network comes the back two guards. They've left. They're going up the stairs. Reeves, I want you to start knocking out the elves. Knock, uh, knock them unconscious. Don't kill them. Just knock them out. Okay. He heads in. Ko, you hear footsteps coming up the stairs, but some 300 feet up, they're going to take a little bit. It's your turn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's some loud footsteps. Uh, okay, so this guy has uh, run over to me, though, right? He's, Correct. He's up in my face. With a with a psychic spirit that's going zoo Okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's stab him. Seems like what you do. Oh, that's not good. Uh, that's a natural one for a 10. Uh, That'd be a miss. Yeah. We're not even going to try and do anything with that. Let's uh, hit with our offhand and see if that works out better for us. A 16 to hit? Is a hit. That's nine more damage. And he falls down. As he falls, you have a round to do what you will. These steps continue to thunder the feet coming up them. Ko is going to uh, run up the wall and run along the ceiling and hang out, crouched up above the steps where they will walk presumably under to come up and see what's going on. Perfect. Ko, earphones off. Seriously, John's going to watch Dune and there's a scene. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Even up in the corner waiting something out, you guys are going to die when you see it. I'm serious. Fantastic. I I don't even know what to say about that. That's crazy. It's freaking me out a little. I feel like I'm the subject of a joke. Anyway, sorry, Kyle, you're 
you're going there. Only if I had like a small stick start flying around and hunting you all, then <laughs> then we'd be set. I actually don't know if they do that in the new. I, I just love the old one so much. Oh, and whatever sting, whatever that face sting makes when he walks out of the steam. The sting face is is pretty classic. Yeah. You all outside. Hear a from back on the dune behind you. It echoes across this cavernous landscape. And as you turn to look behind you, you see flying on completely silent wings the skeleton of a huge bat. As it catches the green light as it flies overhead, it has a form as though it had skin, but it's made of shadow. And around its neck, it has kind of a breastplate with these long lines of green gems. On its back is a is kind of a satellite contraption, all kind of worked into the bone and tied in. But over it is this shadow visage of an organic bat. It flies, it gives a circle around the landscape, and then lands up on the balcony. All right, I need to distract this thing. Um, uh, Dharma and Splinterbell, if it's okay with you, a few minutes more. Not yet, not not fireball yet. You need to get the people out of here. I need you guys to drag the bodies, any bodies out here that you find, into the room with the other bodies that Reeves is knocking out. Those are the ones we teleport. I think there are a few left upstairs, but Dharma, you said you could do the teleportation twice? Twice. Okay, so you teleport as many as you can out now. I'll get on horseback and ride around. Splendor Belt... What are you feeling? Uh, Spider climb? <laughs> uh, Cole might still be using spider climb. <laughs> I am unsure what to do. This is a formidable thing we are now looking at. We need everyone on deck. Uh, we should tell Co what we are seeing. Sounds good. And I would tell Ko, I'd get on the horn and tell Ko, which he can't hear. Oh, yeah. Sorry. And then hold that for one second here. Okay. Ko, the the two guards using two separate winding staircases of sorts come together below you. Uh, all right. Ko, let's do it again. Ko right. drops, drops on one. He's going to get him. Bring it. Uh... All right, first hit is going to be a 24 to hit. All right. Uh, We're at 30 on the first strike. Down. Initiative. I got a 10. I got a 20. All right, you're up. Am I still hidden or is he, he can see me now? He can see you. Okay. Uh, 12. Is that going to do it? 12 do hit. 12 does hit. work. Okay. Uh, all right. Six damage from the first one. And then the second stab. I don't think I can down these guys if they actually see me. But that's okay. We can fight with them because they're not all that. Uh, and a 19 for the next one. 
which is going to be nine. So six and nine for psychic damage. All right. Oh, but wait a minute. One other thing. If the first strike on the first guy downed him, I still had a bonus action to stab the guy from that. That's true. Do you want to use it for spear action or for attacking? No, Code knows he's going to get seen. Okay. He learned that from the last one, so he would do the attack, which would be an additional nine points of damage. So he's barely hanging on here, but he still keeps going. He he raises his, his hand up in front of him while holding his spear with his other and gives a grip in the air. Make a wisdom saving throw. Uh, would this be a magical spell or effect? It sure would be. Sweet. It's going to be uh, 18. 18. You feel the magic go around you, but your new ring alights and absorbs the effect. Oh. Nothing happens. And he looks on agape slightly sideways as mummies do. Go <laughs> looks down at his ring, looks back at the guy, smiles. It's your turn. Smiles and then... You know what? Let's use this blade. It's about time anyway. Instead of drawing a psychic blade, Ko reaches down and draws his rapier, uh, now known as Anathala's Will, and thrusts it forward at him with a 17 to hit. Very nice. Uh, 15 piercing damage. He goes down with real damage. Real damage. To his person. Real damage. Actually damaged. Dust and sand falls out of the hole you've made. Uh, and then Ko would, I guess with a bonus action, he'd just listen. Does it sound like more people are coming up the stairs? You, you crouch down and you listen and you hear a... From outside, echoing through the chamber. Splendor Belt buzzes into your ears. Or mind. Splendor Belt, you wish to talk to Ko. I would say, uh, Ko, we have a problem out here. There is a giant bat with no skin or is only bones, but has weird glowy body. And I have a feeling we are in big trouble if we don't uh, have a plan. Right now, it does not detect us, as best I can tell. Oh. Uh, I'll be right there. And Ko would turn around and head back to the balcony. If you come, do so stealthily. It is, uh, I do not know what they can see or how far any of this. It's out the balcony. Oh, it's at the balcony? Yeah, it's sitting, it's perched. Okay, Ko would... Do you stealth? Yeah, definitely. Let's get that stealth roll. Be sneaking in then. Well, we don't even need to roll that twice. That's a 33 with a natural 20. So you stealth along and move towards the bedchamber and look in the hall. And you see alongside the bed a great bat. I've provided a picture of a bat skeleton in the Discord. A great bat, some 15 feet long, fly up and with a expert little loop, latch its claws along a hook, just like you saw it back in the dream. Then it was in flesh, now it is in bone. 
However, all about its bones are the, is the shimmering skin where you can still make out the ears and that pointed up nose of a vampire bat. And it spins, the momentum of it flying kind of spins the ring that it hangs from back and forth and it looks about the room. What was your stealth roll? Uh, natural 20 for a 33. Roll a... Hmm. It's a natural 20, so let's not roll that then. We'll say this was part of it. Oh, but you... Just on the very edge of your hearing, you hear a... And it kind of echoes very sharply throughout the room. But you remain perfectly still. Co would... Uh... Co would send that across the psychic network and go, Well, I see it. Uh... I think, I think it's using echolocation. I don't think sneaking around this thing is a very good idea. Okay, are there any um, elves you could bring downstairs with you? Because uh, Reeves is knocking everybody out downstairs. Uh, yeah, there's one out here that I got. Um, I didn't explore the other rooms, but maybe it's best not to press our luck. I'll just bring this one with me. Okay. And then as quietly and muted as possible, Ko would back out of the room and try and hoist up this elf and make his way back towards the stairs. You do so. And they have a Pelorian amulet about their neck. You're not familiar with them. Okay. And you start heading back to the stairs. You hear over the... Over the psychic network. Yeah, there's a lot in here. I'm gonna need some help. Uh, I can get a couple. I can get the blacksmith. But the rest of them, they're all grouped. They're all watching each other. I'm on my way. Um... I think we're going to need to formulate a plan anyway. I think for now, let's just try and get out unnoticed and as quickly and easily as we can. Ko, you head down the stairs carrying the Pelorian elf. I'm going to reveal the map and the inside of the temple. You would find yourself at the top here. Would you go left or right on the stairs, by the way? Uh, Probably down the right side. Very well. And you find yourself here viewing around the side, carrying your elf with you. You see, from this angle, you see a large pool of the Black Icker behind a statue, most of which, from your angle, appears to be a large chair, but about it is scaffolding. You see several elves moving about the scaffolding, working on polishing, tinkering, working on the statue at an angle you can't quite see, but you see amongst them Wildfire with his axe still on his back, his clothes in tatters, and Withers as well, who seems to be at the very least working on the main chest or the frontal area of the statue. 
Beyond that, you see a number of elves all crowded about the room, including some who have brought in their large bags of stone and gold, and they're dispensing them in the corners. Uh, you are not able to see Dominic Reese at the moment, but you know he's somewhere in here. Well, and I'll send this through the network. I don't know if I'm going to have a... if I'm going to be able to casually walk out of here with a body without being noticed, but it might be a good test to see what their reaction is going to be if they see us or if they even will focus on us. What do you all think? Uh, Go for it. I agree. Sooner we get him down, sooner we can teleport him out. He's not going to be over, you know, like stomping through. He's still going to try and be as quiet and cautious as he can. But Ko knows he's about to come down a stairway in a room full of people. And there's you can only be so stealthy doing this, especially while carrying a body and is going to try and wind his way through to see if anybody what the reaction is, if anybody does see him. So kind of a, a fly casual. Yeah. All right. Do you want to make a performance check with that or are you just walking? Ah, uh, why not? We can do a performance check. Do the zombie thing. Like, hail, hail the Kalazar. Hail the Kala. Hail, hail. Yeah, it's more of a just, I deserve to be here. Like, uh, yeah, it's no problem. This is where yeah. I want to be. Yeah. Walk with purpose. People won't question why you're there. Exactly. Okay. He knows. Uh, it's a 19. 19? So you head down the stairs carrying with you the body, correct? Yeah. As you round the statue with all the scaffolding about it, you see up into the face and you see the Kalazar's face. The one that was full in flesh and full of stretched youth, we might call it, there on the statue's face. The ichor behind it seems to be fed through various tubes into the back of the statue. But you make your way around. You pass by... Wildfire, who continues his work. Withers, who continues his work. Several tinkerers continuing their work. It's only the ones dispensing the rocks and their charge of stones and treasure that even take a look at you as you walk nearby. But forcibly, their heads seem forced back to their work. But as they look at you from upstairs... And you hear a great bit of commotion. Uh, do you all hear that? Is the bat doing anything? Is he? As you look up, you see the bat climb to the edge, placing its little hook hands there on the balcony and start looking around. Uh, uh, all right, uh, you guys stay stealthed. I'm jumping on my elk. Oh. Unless somebody stops her. Um, I would reach out a hand and see if I can slow her roll a little bit. Grab her by the shoulder and say, wait, there's no time yet. Okay. I don't know if I need to roll that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's however much she resists, but. No, no, no. Green Keeper would totally stop with that. Okay. But she would mount the elk. You climb up on the elk and you hear ever so sharp in in the very edges of your hearing. 
And as the bat's head rounds the room up in the corners, down, around, around the grounds, it settles looking at you all and kind of twists its head inward until it almost is vertical sideways and gives several clicks your direction. Ugh. Uh, Does it just keep clicking? There's a moment here where it clicks and continues to stare your direction. Ko, you see Dominic Rees, the rogue assassin, emerge from the side shadows. And with a sap, he knocks out the blacksmith who falls into his hands and he drags them back. He begins making his way up around the edge as you walk across the room. I just send him a message and say, I think we can get the rest, but... And I, this would end up going out to everybody for strategizing. I don't know about Phelan and Wildfire. Um, anybody that looks like they could fight or be in an adventure, maybe we sh- should get their help. What do you think? Or do you think we should just get them back? They seem in bad shape anyway. Maybe not risk their lives. Now, you all received this message while basically staring eye to eye across some 300 feet with a giant bat perched up on the side of the pyramid. Well, I wouldn't... I mean, I guess we could mentally reply, but I'd be holding so still it would be... You know, I'd be freaked out. I would not be moving. Even the mental reply is tense and quiet. Yeah. Wonder about what do you think? You could wake him up. I mean, if I do, it is it is on, as they say. It's gonna have to happen eventually. But I think as long as you guys can get the people out, we'll have a better chance. So you think just knock? Let's just knock them all out. Yeah. Yes. Unless you want to wake him up, Splunderbelt. I mean, by wake them up, you mean... Where are they now? They're all in the room? There's a large pile of them off to the left side of the temple, which mm-hmm. uh, one shot took care of, but many of them are scattered throughout the main... Okay, so they're kind of all over the place. Yeah. But you've got a lot, lot of people with you, of course. You could send... Yeah. So, and their condition is definitely, they are dead. Like, by all measures, they are not alive right now. Right? The elves? The minotaurs are dead by all means, but... Um, but the elves, no? No, the elves have been knocked out by code oh, to right. sever their psychic knocked, connection. That's right, just knocked them out. Well, then there's little I can do there. How am I going to wake them up? Right? I don't have oh, like, like some... a wildfire Phelan, one of the adventurers. Right. So what Ko is posing that you use your removed curse to recover the elves without knocking them out. Oh, Currently, the ones on the ground are at zero hit points in a stable environment. You could heal them, but they wouldn't. They'd still be cursed upon awakening. Right. OK. So. All right. That makes sense. Then I'm thinking. I'm thinking it was more like. Even if I. If they're not dead, I can't do anything. I can't raise dead here or do anything with the dead. 
but I can I can break that curse. So let's clear the curse. Yeah, let's do that. But I to do that I gotta have there's some range and stuff. Like I need the big pile, which means I gotta yeah you'd have to get in there. Which means I gotta get in there. Which means give me the word splendor belt. What to, to, you're you're going to distract this creature while I go in there? Yes. Oh shit. I can distract him. You could send someone to run around to to distract him, but you and Dharma and a few others go in there, get the bodies in there, get them out of here. Uh, is this plan and agreeable? And then when you're ready, you come out. Ko, you 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 like this idea? I was doing some quick counting between his uh, rivets and what he sees in the room, and is pretty sure this doesn't account for everybody, right? Even counting the two upstairs. Correct. You know there's two doors you haven't explored upstairs. And we've got two uses of the teleport. So one could be to get the bulk out, and then the second one could be for the leftovers. How many did you say you'd be able to get out if they're unconscious? I'm looking at it right now. Well, no, that goes to Dharma. Oh, that's to Dharma. Yeah. Unconscious, I could do 16 piled in the in the areas next to each other. We can't stack them. They could become um, spliced during teleport. Everyone in the group outside is perfectly still, but the bat kind of skitters out, emerges, and continues clicking in your direction. With 16, that doesn't even get everybody that's in the room out, but you said you could do it twice. But we would have to make sure we had literally everybody... Even that, 16 plus 16 doesn't make up for the total missing elves. We're going to have to free people at some point anyway. Okay. If there were some who were conscious and there were some that were not, we could get more than 16, right? Correct. We can get them to run through the portal uh, as it activates. And Splendor Belt, how many can you wake up with Remove Curse? Why can't I find this? Remove curse. Uh, probably best to just search by the spell there. I guess so, because it's a third level spell, so you can yeah. cast you it not three times. It, though? Oh, there it is. Yeah, it's prepared. Oh, okay. Good. Um, uh, I did that on purpose last time. Okay, at your touch, all curses affecting one creature or object end. Object is spell under timid. Yeah, one at a time, unless. Unless there is some way for me to amplify that or make it an AOE spell or something. Or if they're all balled up and our DM says, that makes them one creature effectively. That is not the case. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, one. (laughs) It's not great. So wait, you could do it. You could do three. I could do three. Yeah, three people. Sorry. One per, per cast. Yeah. Technically, you could expend your higher level spells too. uh, Fourth. Fifth, oh, that's true. But so, we might have a fight. I don't know how wild we want to go on that. Yeah, if you're going to need healing, I'm going to have a couple tricks up my sleeve with my features. But basically, if we take all the slots, let's just say we took them all. Three, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine of them. But that would expend everything three and lower. Or three and higher, rather. We still have to fight the Kalazar at some point. Maybe even this bat. I don't know if I want you using all your spells. A lot of pressure gets off. 
is taken off of us if we win here today, assuming nothing weird happens like last time and sand and fury and all of that, but assuming we win, we have all the time in the world to get these people out, but I do think it would be better to remove as many bodies from the situation as possible. As long as we set up guards by the bodies too, because we don't know what lives out here. The the one I'm carrying that has the Paylor symbol, they don't look like an adventurer, right? Like this doesn't look like Gordon Douglas, the cleric, right? No, the, uh, and those would just be clerics from the Paylorian temple. They would be rather low level. Okay. Splendorbelt was noted as being the only cleric left in town who could remove curses. Oh, yeah. that's right. So we're not going to find somebody else that can. No, do this. there's no army of curse removal. Like if I if I did three. And then, I mean, what if we did five? That leaves me with a fourth level slot still, two fifths and a sixth. And then everything one through two. I have an idea. I don't know if you guys are going to love this idea. But what if we we send Grinkeeper to distract the bat? We knock out everybody in this room and then we send some of our party members to carry the bodies through we have less to help with the fight but we would be getting these people out does that is it too much time for her to defend herself against this giant bat by herself this is a lot well, for one. We could go out and help her. There's no reason we would need to let her do it by herself. Oh, so we would not help move, but I know we wouldn't leave, but uh, okay. Uh, do the Minotaurs have to be here? I don't I don't know if Ko knows any of that. Do the Minotaurs have to be here? Can well, they, they kind of don't, right? carry people through? Like, they're more useful that, in my opinion, table talk time, they're more useful for that for that job than they are fighting because it's just stone-based axes and some brute strength but they're not up on the balcony they don't even want to go up there (laughs) i'm assuming a fight happens there i don't know like i want to have numbers but they're probably more useful uh yeah to put it in perspective that would be season two episode one where you guys fought a minotaur alongside a hag and the hag gave you trouble the Minotaur did not. So you have 10 Minotaurs of likely very low level uh, using their large form to bear multiple bodies, hence. Could yeah, be a great strategy. Yeah. They're here to destroy the curse, knowing that it, that it'll destroy them, but give them peace. Like so whatever, whatever gives them peace is what they're after. Question is, will it take some convincing? How many Minotaurs do we have? Ten, uh, and one of them, of course, being Chad Brad. Chad Brad, slightly different because he's wielding a mace of disruption. He could stay. He also has there's some there's good trust there, and I don't know he 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 could stay along and fight. By the numbers, and we by, this is just quick and dirty math. Looking at this, if we teleported the full sixteen, right? that we have unconscious that takes care of all 12 of these then 
So that's 12, 13, 14, 15. And then let's say the one I'm carrying because they're already unconscious. So 16 up here. So let's just say we send all of those through, right? Then we have Splendor Belt. Awaken 3, which uses all your third level spells, but wakens three of them. Those three can carry an additional three unconscious through the portal. So that would then be six total for the cost of those spells. That leaves uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven left for minotaurs to carry through. That leaves us a few minotaurs and that's using only one teleport spell. I think that's pretty good. Are you willing to give up the spell slots for that, Scott? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you think right. it's not too many to make us whole. <laughs> well, then we, that plan relies on one Grinkeeper. And we've got healing well. from we have healing from her as well. So it's not like you know, it's not like I'm your only healing pool. Yeah, and we have tons of potions at the moment. Yeah, your elk is magical and doesn't sink in the sand, right? So you can ride pretty yeah. fast. Fifty. Sounds like we have a plan. We have a plan. All right. Do you give Grinkeeper the go ahead? Yeah. Do you go? Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll see you guys on the other side. And then Grinkeeper will whoop whoop the elk, you know, the legs and the the rain slap thing, and she'll ride out. Oh wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Let me get your um. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There you go. And she'll like trot out in front of that center walkway leading to the pyramid, and holding up her two-handed sword, she'll transform it into the lance. Lower it down into position and take off right in the other way. As the moving object now, the clicks follow you and the bat's head, still sideways, watches you go. And it takes wing and follows Grin Creeper, Grin Keeper, out into the desert. (laughs) Out into the dunes. The elk, Mr. Handsome, stomps up the side of the dunes and turns near the gem to face back to the bat who begins to descend towards Grinkeeper. During this, five emissaries, Brigand Patrol, the First Sons Brotherhood, the Minotaurs, Splendor Belt, Chad Brad, Noparopa, all run across the temple grounds. The Minotaurs are sent to go grab the elves who lay unconscious there on the left side, pick them up and move them in. Meanwhile, Ko and Dominic Reese go about knocking out everyone inside. And Dharma begins to set up her preparations for the teleportation circle. That's where we end for today. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a tense moment, yeah. too. Yeah. I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. Um, boy, boy, howdy. And I mean it. If anyone hasn't seen Dune, I am not kidding. Watch Dune. <laughs> tons of stuff in today's show had like weird parallels and it kind of freaked me out to be honest john john you especially because you missed the part about stealth guy up in the corner of a of a of a ceiling you just wait till you see it 
I'm telling you, it's weird. It's really weird. How no one, none of you have seen it, but we did it anyway. That's the kind of fun we have here on There Will Be Dungeons. So tune in next week as we find out where all this happen or where all this goes in this big fight that we've set up. In the meantime, the become, final episode. Oh yeah, right. It's our <laughs> finale. Episode. Yeah, yeah, finale for the season. So don't miss it. Uh, next week, if you're listening at home, uh, it'll be up on the the uh, feed that day as well. And uh, oh, it's going to be great. So come back then. In the meantime, support us at therewillbedungeons.com. Sign up to be a Dungeons Plus member today and get great, cool benefits as a result. Bonus shows every month, uh, artwork in the mail, all kinds of rad stuff. Only you can make that decision. So head on over there and take care of it. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening, for watching, for me, for Kyle, for Kristen, for John, and for me. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com.